Hey everyone, we are the Goozers, people who do good. We help people dealing with life challenges and empower them to help others. This podcast is brought to you by CirclesUp.com, the go-to place for life challenges like grief, divorce, cancer, etc. In every episode, we speak with an inspiring person who moderates an audio chat room for people dealing with the same life challenge. We will tell their story and the story of the members of their groups. And today, I'm super happy to have Andrea Reilly with us. And today, we are going to talk about narcissistic relationships. Let's start with a few stats and then we can move on to the conversation. So I don't know if you knew it, but 6% of the people of the population have an narcissistic personality. And if you're looking for signs, you should look for conversations that are about them. They feed off complaints from you and others. They have very few, if any, friends. They can be very charming when it suits their needs for attention and admiration. And they are extremely sensitive to criticism. And I, I would love to hear your take about what I'm saying. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that narcissistic personality disorder is actually a mental illness. So narcissist, you mentioned the 6%. And I guess in the grand scheme of things, that seems like a very small number. But you would be surprised to know the number of people with narcissistic personality traits or even narcissistic personality disorder that we actually encounter in everyday life. So, you know, it's something that a lot of the times you don't see right off. You know, you talked about how they will be very charming. They're usually very charismatic. And, and they do in relationships, in romantic relationships, they do what we call love bombing. And so in love bombing, they essentially meet every emotional need of the person that they're interested in. And in doing that, they significantly check all the boxes. It's almost like it's too good to be true a lot of the times. And so a lot of the times in, in romantic relationships, we find ourselves kind of caught up. You know, we see the red flags. You see things that may be a little bit different. And a lot of the times we'll say, well, that's just their, that's just them. And it crosses the line when it starts to get into emotional, mental, verbal abuse, and even sometimes physical abuse. Um, and so my personal story uh, had all those things. The physical abuse was uh, probably the worst. My story, you know, is, is a very deep story. Uh, my, the narcissist that I was with, I, I did have a baby with them, but it was a very abusive and toxic relationship. Um, not just for me. I mean, even with his family, he's very estranged from his family. And so in that respect, a lot of people with narcissistic personality disorders are very isolated from their families. They're, there's usually two extremes. So they usually have family and friends that's either going to be very enabling and uphold them and say, you know, uh, well, what did you do to him? Um, you know, what, what, you know, what'd you say to him to kind of set him off or change that, you know, flip that switch. And a lot, a lot of the times the other extreme is they just don't deal with them. You know, they've uh, abused them. They've, you know, they're verbally abusive to them or physically abusive to them or emotionally abusive to them. And so it's usually those two extremes that we, we actually notice in the beginning sometimes and we're still kind of like, well, because they do have a great 
charismatic way of manipulation. Manipulating, manipulation and gaslighting are two main characteristics of a true narcissist. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Do, do you mind sharing what was the first time that you realized that you are in a narcissistic relationship? So actually, I could not put a name to it. And that's what I find in the group. A lot of the times people are, you know, they you're sharing stories and you're sharing support for one another. And someone would say, well, I just didn't have a name for it. I, I couldn't put a name to it. I knew it wasn't right. I knew it didn't sound right, but I couldn't put a name to it. And so that's kind of how I was. And it took me years after in the rebuilding of my life and, you know, really that healing journey to realize that's what that was, you know, to be able to recognize it for what it was. I knew that he was manipulative. I knew that he was abusive, but I did not have a name to encompass all of it together. And I, and, you know, honestly, in my mind for many years, I said, he's crazy. He's a psychopath. There's no way this guy's normal. But in reality, it wasn't necessarily that he's a psychopath, but he is suffering from this mental illness. He, he's a true narcissist. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like not knowing how to, uh, uh, dealing with it is one thing, but identifying it is like the first thing that you, and, and I think maybe for us, that's the reason why we are recording this post podcast and in those room, we want to be there for, right. for those people. And, and if you don't mind, and you know, please feel free to skip to the qu next question, but share one moment that you come like from your own personal life that you feel comfortable sharing with a, a, like being part of a relationship with in a narcissistic relationship. So narcissists tend to isolate. So they want to isolate you from people that they feel can get through to you. So a lot of the times they're going to want to move away from family. They're going to find reasons that you don't need to be friends with this person or you don't need to be friends with that person. And usually if they can um, isolate people from those people that's going to bring those red flags to light and highlight them and say, hey, no, that's not right. Like you shouldn't be feeling that way or that person shouldn't be doing that to you. Um, or even calling it out for for what it is. In my personal uh, experience, any friends or, or family that I had that would call it out for what it was and say, that's abuse. That's not right. You need to get away from him. Uh, he, he hated them. And he always find uh, found a reason that they were victimizing him. It was like, if the world is against him, um, and, it's, and it's always like that, you know, they, they have a very inflated sense of self. And so they, they tend to carry around a victim mentality. So everybody's against them. Every, they're always the victim. There's no accountability. Um, one of the things I often share in the group is a true narcissist will run a sane person insane if you let them. Because they will they will push it to that point. They will literally make you begin to question your own sanity because of the intense manipulation and gaslighting. You know, it's kind of one of those things. One of the examples I use in the group is if a narcissist tells you the sky is green, you need to walk out and see is the sky green. And you need to really pay attention to see what color the sky is. But remember that when you go back in and you tell them the sky is actually blue, 
they are going to try to flip that and turn that and make you believe that the sky is actually green. And so that's kind of the example I use. And a lot of the members in the groups will say, well, that doesn't even make sense. Like, why would somebody try to convince you that the sky is green? And I say, exactly. That's exactly how a narcissist thinks because they need that control. They need you to believe them. They need you to stay under their control because once you're, a lot of the times what we find is once a person is able to recognize the manipulation and the gaslighting, it usually turns very volatile because they're going to begin to call them out. And some narcissists, not all, but some, when you push them into a corner, you start to see a very, very ugly person um, all the way to physical abuse. And so I, that's, that's kind of the extreme that I experienced. I experienced a lot of physical abuse um, to the point where I actually skipped towns running for my life. You know, I packed my baby up in the car, a blanket, a car seat, a few pa uh, pairs of clothes, and we got on down the highway. So. Wow. So you turned your experience, uh, you're just kind of like a small part of it, but you should, you turned your experience to, from being your own personal experience into get kind of like a personal, almost a mission to make it easier for other people that are dealing with narcissistic relationship. And you chose to support other people uh, on Circles platform and other platforms mm -hmm. uh, to be there for other people. And I'm sure it's not, it, obviously it's not easy for you. And it, just, it takes an emotional uh, toll. And uh, I, I want to call us for you for doing that. And if you, you're right now running like, moderating rooms on the circles platform, audio rooms, and you're talking with people that are dealing with narcissistic relationship, you're building a virtual safe place for them. Do you mind sharing one story or obviously we'll get to two um, stories of members that, uh, uh, that share their story on the platform and you think they are meaningful and other people that will listen to our podcast will can, can benefit from? Certainly, certainly. So one of the things, uh, you know, we have to remind a lot of people is narcissists are not only men. Uh, believe it or not, there are a lot of female narcissists. Um, and so what happens is we have several, several uh, men who uh, were married to a, a person with narcissistic personality disorder or narcissistic traits. Um, but also, you know, they're, they're either coming out of a divorce, you know, something along those lines. And we're trying to help them navigate the world of parallel parenting. Um, a lot of the times with a narcissist, it's virtually impossible to co-parent because co-parenting requires the participation in a healthy parental relationship of both parties. Well, with a narcissist, you know, you have to kind of remember they're all about them and what they can control and what they can manipulate and what they can gaslight. And so in that, with narcissists, we call it parallel parenting. And the way to really highlight that is I was telling one of the, the, the guys, he's recently divorced. He's, you know, he's, he's worked a lot of years with his wife to try to really make it work, you know, and try to really uh, build a healthy foundation for their children. And it just finally got to the point where he was just kind of like, you know, I can't do this anymore. You know, the manipulation doesn't stop. The victim, the victim uh, mentality didn't stop. And and when it gets to an extreme of, in his case, where they begin to make false police reports, um, things like that. So you're, you're moving into a new territory then, because then you're, you're really messing with someone's freedom. 
the rest of their lives, their careers. And believe, I mean, that's more common than not with the narcissist. I mean, they will go to that extreme to maintain control. And so with him, um, one of the things that I, you know, we focus on in the voice room is the parallel parenting with him and several others. And so we talk in depth about strategies to parallel parent and the way that I've been able to describe it to, the, to them and to anyone who I talk to about parallel parenting um, is you think about it with two lines. So those two lines have a common goal. They go the same, the same way. They're the same size. They have the same goal. So they have a start point. They have an end point. They have a space in between them. So you think about it like that with the two lines, but they never touch. So in parallel parenting, you minimize the verbal and physical contact. So there's usually going to be a medium person who is the drop off and pick up. Or um, we've even had people that do it where they drop one person drops them off at school and the other person picks them up. So they never have to see one another in that regard. All communication is done via text or a court ordered app or email. Very minimal contact verbally. Um, but if it is, it's recorded because you need that evidence. You need to keep a record. And, and it sounds so, so it sounds like a lot to have to do to parent, right? But it's necessary in those kind of extreme cases when you have narcissists who are willing to take it that far. And so in parallel parenting, the most important part is remembering, maintain the space, because that space in between those two lines, which are the parents, is the yeah. healthy parenting relationship. And so sometimes in any relationship, not just parenting, not just romantic, not just divorces or anything, but even with families, who have a person who's a narcissist, that space is what maintains that healthy boundary. And so it's very important for that space to stay clear and those lines not to cross to be a healthy environment for the children. So I think just even in the in the groups, you know, um, listen to, listening to some of the uh, male perspectives, you know, of course, me, I only got it from a female perspective, but really being able to listen to it from a male perspective. And then also we have uh, another man who's recently divorced and his ex-wife uh, is a true narcissist. And so he even at one point in the beginning uh, said, I wonder if I'm the narcissist. You know, mm -hmm. I, he said, I often question like, am I the narcissist? And so as we went on a few weeks and, and he was sharing some different things that happened uh, throughout the marriage and throughout the divorce. And we were talking about some different parenting things with her son um, and, and all that. And I said, well, that's not narcissistic behavior, you know? So we got, we, we got a chance to really break down and decipher his actions versus uh, the, the intent, because the intent behind it is really what dictates if that's a narcissistic uh, move or if it's just a genuine move for, you know, that's, meant to help or a genuine move like i'm not doing this out of spite i'm not doing this to hurt you i'm doing this because this is what's going to work the best for for this co-parenting par parallel parenting relationship and so being able to help him navigate through that you know was really really interesting coming from a dad because here i am dealing with the dad who's a true narcissist yeah so that's been really helpful and it's also been really helpful to other females in the group you know to be able to also get it see both perspectives and even the guys are really appreciative to the young ladies and the women who come on 
and and even just sharing you know in in the groups and things and i'll ask questions um you know those that don't really want to share they just want to listen so sometimes when some of the members are sharing something or they're giving an update uh hey this week we went to court and it went this way and we got this plan in place and this is what worked for us sometimes the people that hadn't been sharing that had just been kind of listening they'll start to chime in and say well you know that sounds so familiar and this is and so i we found that even those that get on week after week and they're just listening, sometimes there's something that's said or shared that helps them kind of open up. Because sometimes when you're dealing with a narcissist, it's just like a light bulb sometimes. Sometimes you're kind of trying to fill it out to see, is that what it is? Mm. And, I, you know, like I said in the beginning, I, I shared with them and I shared with both of the groups dealing with narcissism that uh, a true narcissist will make you think, you're the one with the problem and so for him he really experienced that because he began to question his own sanity and his own choices and he's like you know i really my intent is just for our son you know to give him the best life to be there for him so he has both parents and we can have a healthy environment but in dealing with the manipulation and being gaslit so bad he really began to question that and so I'm glad that he was able to be he's able to be a part of the group because he said it helps him from week to week to remember that it's not him. Yeah, it's kind of really yeah. We're kind of like we ran out of time and I think I'm, I'm like, sorry. No, it's it's, it's no, right on time. We are like uh, I'm listening to your stories and I'm I'm again amazed by the first of all by the power of the group and I think that and also by the how much value people are getting from speaking with you and other group members and uh yeah people can find your room on the circles yeah. app uh platform you, you i think that can benefit people that are dealing with narcissistic relationship you don't have to be alone there's yes. a room and you can j join them and you can speak with other people and that's super meaningful and lives are changing so uh don't be alone join join the rooms Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me.